Chapter 9 of History of Billy the Kid by Charles A. Seringo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. History of Billy the Kid by Charles A. Seringo. Chapter 9 Billy the Kid is Sentenced to Hang. He Kills His Two Guards and Makes Good His Escape. In the latter part of February, 1881, Billy the Kid was taken to Mesilla to be tried for the murder of Roberts at Blazer's Sawmill. Judge Bristol presided over the district court and assigned Ira E. Leonard to defend the Kid. He was acquitted for the murder of Roberts. In the same term of court, the Kid was put on trial for the murder of Sheriff William Brady in April 1878. This time he was convicted and sentenced to hang on the 13th day of May, 1881, in the courthouse yard in Lincoln. Deputy United States Marshal Robert Ollinger and Deputy Sheriff David Wood drove the kid in a cupboard back to Fort Stanton and turned him over to Sheriff Pat Garrett. As Lincoln had no suitable jail, an upstairs room in the large adobe courthouse was selected as the kid's last home on earth, as the officers supposed, but fate decided otherwise. Bob Ollinger and J. W. Bell were selected to guard Billy the Kid until the time came for shutting off his wind with a rope. The room selected for the kid's home was large and in the northeast corner of the building, upstairs. There were two windows in it, one on the east side and the other on the north, fronting the main street. In order to get out of this room, one had to pass through a hall into another room, where a back stairs led down to the rear yard. In a room on the southwest corner of the building, the surplus firearms were kept in a closet or armory. One room was assigned as the sheriff's private office. The kid's furniture consisted of a pair of steel handcuffs, steel shackles for his legs, a stool, and a cot. Bob Ollinger, the chief guard, was a large, powerful, middle-aged man with a mean disposition. He and the kid were bitter enemies on account of having killed warm friends of each other during the bloody Lincoln County War. It is said that Ollinger shot one of the kid's friends to death while holding his right hand with his, Ollinger's, left hand. After this local war had ended, the fellow stepped up to Ollinger to shake hands and bury the hatchet of former hatred. Ollinger extended his left hand and grabbed the man's right, holding it fast until he had shot him to death. Of course, this cowardly act left a scar on Billy the Kid's heart, which only death could heal. J.W. Bell was a tall, slender man of middle age, with a large knife scar across one cheek. He had come from San Antonio, Texas. He held a grudge against the Kid for the killing of his friend, Jimmy Carlyle. Otherwise, there was no enmity between them. In the latter part of April, cowboy Charlie Wall had four Mexicans helping him irrigate an alfalfa field 
above the Mexican village of Tularosa on Tularosa River. A large band of Tularosa Mexicans appeared on the scene one morning to prevent young Wall from using water for his thirsty alfalfa. When the smoke of battle cleared away, four Tularosa Mexicans lay dead on the ground, and Charlie Wall had two bullet wounds in his body, though they were not dangerous wounds. Now, to prevent being mobbed by the angry citizens of Tularosa, which was just over the line in Dona Ana County, Wall and his helpers made a run, on horseback, for Lincoln, to surrender to Sheriff Pat Garrett. The sheriff allowed them to wear their pistols and to sleep in the old jail. At mealtimes they accompanied either Bob Ollinger or J. W. Bell to the Ellis Hotel across the main street, which ran east and west through town. Charlie Wall did his loafing while recovering from his bullet wounds in the room where the kid was kept. On the morning of April 28, 1881, Sheriff Garrett prepared to leave for White Oaks, 35 miles north, to have a scaffold made to hang the kid on. Before starting, he went into the room where the kid sat on his stool, guarded by Ollinger, who was having a friendly chat with Charlie Wall the man who gave the writer the full details of the affair. J. W. Bell was also present in the room. Garrett remarked to the two guards, "'Say, boys, you must keep a close watch on the kid, as he has only a few more days to live, and might make a break for liberty.' Bob Ollinger answered, "'Don't worry, Pat, we will watch him like a goat.' Now Ollinger stepped into the other room and got his double-barrel shotgun. With the gun in his hand, and looking towards the kid, he said, "'There are eighteen buckshots in each barrel, and I reckon the man who gets them will feel it.' With a smile, Billy the Kid remarked, "'You may be the one to get them yourself.' Now Ollinger put the gun back in the armory, locking the door, putting the key in his pocket. Then Garrett left for White Oaks. About five o'clock in the evening, Bob Ollinger took Charlie Wall and the other four armed prisoners to the Ellis Hotel, across the street, for supper. Bell was left to guard the kid. According to the story, Billy the Kid told Mrs. Charlie Beaudry and other friends after his escape he had been starving himself so that he could slip his left hand out of the steel cuff. The guards thought he had lost his appetite from worry over his approaching death. J. W. Bell sat on a chair facing the kid several paces away. He was reading a newspaper. The kid slipped his left hand out of the cuff and made a spring for the guard, striking him over the head with the steel cuff. Bell threw up both hands to shield his head from another blow. Then the kid jerked Bell's pistol out of its scabbard. Now Bell ran out of the door and received a bullet from his own pistol. The body of Bell tumbled down the back stairs, falling on the jailer, a German by the name of Geis, who was sitting at the foot of the stairs. Of course Geis stampeded. He flew out of the gate towards the Ellis Hotel. On hearing the shot, 
Bob Ollinger and the five armed prisoners got up from the supper table and ran to the street. Charlie Wall and the four Mexicans stopped on the sidewalk, while Ollinger continued to run towards the courthouse. After killing Bell, the kid broke in the door to the armory and secured Ollinger's shotgun. Then he hobbled to the open window facing the hotel. When in the middle of the street, Ollinger met the stampeded jailer, and as he passed, he said, "'Bell has killed the kid.' This caused Ollinger to quit running. He walked the balance of the way. When directly under the window, the kid stuck his head out, saying, "'Hello, Bob.' Ollinger looked up and saw his own shotgun pointed at him. He said, in a voice loud enough to be heard by Wall and the other prisoners across the street, "'Yes, he has killed me, too.' These words were hardly out of the guard's mouth when the kid fired a charge of buckshot into his heart. Now Billy the Kid hobbled back to the armory and buckled around his waist two belts of cartridges and two Colt's pistols. Then, taking a Winchester rifle in his hand, he hobbled back to the shotgun, which he picked up. He then went out on the small porch in front of the building. Reaching over the balusters with the shotgun, he fired the other charge into Ollinger's body. Then, breaking the shotgun in two across the balusters, he threw the pieces at the corpse, saying, Take that, you son of a bitch. You will never follow me with that gun again. Now the kid hailed a jailer, old man Geis, and told him to throw up a file, which he did. Then the chain holding his feet close together was filed in two. When his legs were free, the kid danced a jig on the little front porch, where many people who had run out to the sidewalk across the street on hearing the shots were witnesses to this free show which couldn't be beat for money. Geis was hailed again and told to saddle up Billy Burtz, the deputy county clerk's, black pony and bring him out on the street. This black pony had formerly belonged to the kid. When the pony stood on the street, ready for the last act, the kid went down the back stairs, stepping over the dead body of Bell, and started to mount. Being encumbered with the weight of two pistols, two belts full of ammunition, and the rifle, the kid was thrown to the ground when the pony began bucking before he had got into the saddle. Now the kid faced the crowd across the street, holding the rifle ready for action. Charlie Wall told the writer that he could have killed him with his pistol, but that he wanted to see him escape. Many other men in the crowd felt the same way, no doubt. When the pony was brought back, the kid gave Geis his rifle to hold while he mounted. The rifle being handed back to him when he was securely seated in the saddle, then he dug the pony in the sides with his heels and galloped west. At the edge of town, he waved his hat over his head, yelling, Three cheers for Billy the Kid! Now the curtain went down for the time being. End of chapter 9 Recording by Roger Moline